Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, the Milwaukee Bucks are champions, and Giannis Antetokounmpo is a hero in Wisconsin and an NBA legend. 50 points in Game 7. The Bucks clinched the title at home, their first title in 50 years. It was an awesome performance. We always have celebrated Magic as a rookie going for 42 and 15, and the Lakers beat the Sixers even though Kareem was home in L.A. and Game 6 on the road, and the Lakers are champs. Well, that was, that was pretty awesome by Giannis. Blocked five shots. He had 14 or 15 boards. It was, it was an epic performance. Now, if you go through the box score, the difference was they shot more free throws. <laughs> now, to be fair, though, the Suns had to foul at the end of the game, and they got, they got a bunch of free throws there. Another difference, Chris Paul was good. Giannis Antetokounmpo was great. A guy who's in the seven-foot range beat a guy who's in the six-foot range. Tall guys still winning basketball. Newsflash. We can do all kinds of analytics and break stuff down, but Chris Paul is another elite six-foot guard, and we can argue about this guy's better than that guy, but what do they all have in common? They lost. Now, Isaiah, he's the outlier. In his prime, he was the best player in a championship team. But I think Steve Nash and John Stockton and Chris Paul and Jason Kidd, who did get one late in his career, and Gary Payton, who did get one late in his career. But they both lost in the finals in their prime when they were the best player on their team or the second best player on their team. But when they were a star, they got beat. And what do those guys have all in common? They're they're six-footers. And what did they do? They all lost to bigger, more athletic guys. (laughs) they lost to Tim Duncan or they lost to Michael Jordan or they lost to Michael Jordan (laughs) or they lost to Tim Duncan. It just, it keeps, or they lost to Giannis Antetokounmpo. It just keeps happening. It keeps happening. It is so hard as a six footer. Donovan Mitchell is awesome. He has entertained me to no end and I expect he will entertain me again next year. But man, if he gets a championship, he is a legend because the six-foot guy doesn't get it done. And the six-foot guy is a Hall of Famer. And the six-foot guy is feisty. And the six-foot guy is talented. And the six-foot guy is dedicated. And we can go on and the superlatives. But you know where they get beat? They do. They get beat by a six-six or seven-foot guy again and again and again and again. I suppose the silver lining in all of this is uh, – well, I think jazz fans, there's certainly we've seen on social media here in your comments on our topics and that jazz fans, there's, there's a portion who are jealous of Suns fans. I think there's a portion of you who have friends and family in Arizona and they're Suns fans and you don't want to hear from them and you don't want Phoenix to get it. Now, Milwaukee, you don't have to hear from them, but I actually think it's good. Milwaukee will get into this. You know, Milwaukee is a cold weather, small market team, and a star who chooses to stay put can win a championship. Now, it's still not the easiest path, and it's not the path your agent's going to get in your ear and tell you, and your buddies are going to say you got to go form a super team in New York or LA or Miami or Golden State. But watching the post game, and Antetokounmpo Kimpo goes to the microphone on the court for the interview. They're still live in the broadcast, right? And he turns, he gets asked a question, and he turns to Chris Middleton, who is standing five or six feet away, holding the Larry O'Brien trophy. They are NBA champs. He says, Chris, we did it. I got to think in that moment that those two guys felt something 
that you don't feel if you form a super team. Now, maybe that's easy for me to say here. And maybe somebody in L.A. would say, ah, it feels great. But in L.A., no one knows what it feels like to be in a flyover state and have people leaving, right? Boozer left. D. Will was going to leave before they traded him. Gordon Hayward left. One day, Donovan or Rudy or both might, right? It's going to happen. But for the guy who stays put, and maybe we should even say Devin Booker in Phoenix, right? Maybe we should say Jamal Murray in Denver. I mean, it's easy to make this jazz-centric, but I think this is a league-wide thing. Maybe it's for Zion in New Orleans. It wasn't for AD in New Orleans. But did AD feel the same thing on the court in the bubble? Now it was the bubble, so that was just weird. Um, but did he feel the same thing when the championship of the Lakers? Did Kevin Durant feel it? He didn't stay in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City had good young stars leave. Some they dealt. I mean, they dealt hard, and they, they didn't want to pay him. So, but Durant left. And, but did he feel that? And he felt great, and he was hugging his mom, and they were all happy. But I wonder how that compares. And maybe it is the same thing. Maybe you're just champs, and you feel great. But he went to a team that was coming off a 73-win season and a Game 7 loss, and a team the year before that had won the title. They weren't very far from the championship. And he's Kevin Bleepin' Durant. <laughs> so we knew who was winning the title the next couple of years, and they did. Just watching Giannis celebrate. And, and it may take more than one guy, right? It's got to be done again. It's got to be done again. But it's got to be done the first time before it can be done the second time. And I think small market clubs ought to feel good when other small market clubs win without forming a super team. Because the super teams are a big-time threat to small market clubs. So we'll get into this more uh, with PK next. And uh, also coming up later in the hour, BYU versus the Pac-12, a five-game series. What does it mean for the Y? What does it mean for the Pac-12? What does it mean for the Pac-12's reputation nationally? We'll get into all of that coming up. The Bucks, they are the champs. Uh, the other story, which we'll get to uh, coming up in about an hour, um, the A's, oh, the politics in Oakland, they tweak the deal with some amendments and then approve it. So the answer wasn't no. The answer was yes, but it wasn't the yes the A's wanted. And the A's have already made three trips to Las Vegas. And Portland and Nashville and Vancouver and Montreal might all be panting after the A's. Where is that going? We'll get into that coming up as well. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Does a Milwaukee win pave the way for small market teams to win the NBA title without the number one pick? So I put this question up for you. Yes. Because you have authored this narrative here on our show. You hate the word narrative, and there you go. You run and embrace it. You're now the most hypocritical thing. I'm not. I'm two-faced. How many times I got to tell you? You're right. You just mentioned that. I forgot. Dope. You like this narrative. I do. And I think it's bull. I know you do. Because I think it was done two years ago. Toronto. Mm, No, this is different. I get the parallels. I get the parallels. The only thing it's different is Milwaukee's path was easier because the Nets were injured. Well, Toronto's path was easier because the Warriors were injured. That's 
the finals. We're talking getting to the finals. Jazz are trying to get to the finals. We'll worry about getting winning it once you get there. There's a reason nobody celebrates that much when you win the first round. But if you win the third round, you usually have a fair amount of celebration. Depends so, on the team, but I get your point. Both, well, both of these teams did. So Toronto already fits the narrative of the Milwaukee Bucks. I think the difference is that in Kawhi Leonard, they acquired the guy who was seen as the big star that they needed to get there. And the Jazz had two chances to draft him, and they didn't take him either one. True story. But the thing about the Milwaukee narrative is that you've got Giannis, a guy who undoubtedly behind the scenes, multiple teams, possibly his agent, who knows, but maybe maybe multiple sponsors slash big companies were trying to pry out of Milwaukee and put in a bigger market. He's a foreign guy. It doesn't matter. And that that is a key point. There's no I've question. I've said that for years. And I think it's true. And But the point is, when you're a megastar and the whole world is telling you to go, you can stay put and win the title. Now, does that happening one time change everybody's mind? I'm pretty sure it doesn't. But it's got to happen once before it can happen twice. It's already happened. The, but the, no megastar who they were trying to pry out of Toronto stayed put. Doesn't go. Who cares? <laughs> who cares? Mitchell, go Dude. to New York. If you win a title here, we'll drive you there. Absolutely. Who cares? That'll be kind of Clevelandish in that regard. It does. LeBron got the one for Cleveland and he went to L.A. It but doesn't you matter. Did, you accomplished the mission. You got Cleveland the title. You're talking about maintaining it. I'm talking about getting it. I'm talking about sending a message to stars. And sure, Giannis. He's and a foreign guy. He Mitchell. doesn't count. Americans don't look at him like the the way they look at each other. And there's something to be said for that. But, it, and it would be better if he were a U.S. star. Maybe it would hit home it, even more. And I get he's that. not. He's not. But it still no matters. No, you can stay put in a local market and win a championship. Uh, 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 and uh, people uh, uh, uh. will ignore that, and it is more likely that an American will, but it still it needs to happen. No. No, it doesn't. No, not at all. Because Americans forming super teams are not hooking up with foreigners. Not yet, but they will. No, they won't. Oh, I think they will. They won't. <laughs> <laughs> now people think I'm over there goosing you. They won't. <laughs> How can we have a serious discussion? You mentally goose me middle, often. How can we have a serious discussion if in the middle you're going to go, they won't. <laughs> you know, you know that'll break my concentration nine times out of ten. Because you're mentally weak and I'm not. Yeah, but That's one your time, problem. But one time I won't be listening or paying attention and I'll just keep going. Fine, do what you do. I mean, you, it's point. not like you've lost. You have <laughs> not lost like I've before. lost focus before. Yeah, like you on the seventh tee. So mm-hmm. I'm out. there. You go. No, I don't. I I think it has no bearing. Oh, it has some bearing. No, it doesn't. Because we Americans look at each other, and even among Americans, they look at each other differently. Why do you think Mitchell tells us virtually every chance? I played in New York. He's looking for street cred. I'm one of you guys. Come on. Why is he doing it? How yep. many times have you heard him say it? I can't count. Yeah. I don't have a number for you. He's trying to gain street cred. We're getting, we're getting, we're getting hit up now. Why don't foreign guys count? Because they're already so far from home. When you go to the United States, that is the big culture jump. Yeah. Food, 
language, weather. I mean, even if you're Joe Ingles coming from Australia and you speak English, it's still like 70 or 80% of the language is the same, but 20% is different. Well, there are lots of expressions. You're in a foreign country, man. You are, and you're a I've long I've never lived way. in a foreign country. Many you're, of our listeners have for on missions, Joe, obviously. Joe's talked about how far you are from home and how, how difficult it is to get someone over here for the you know birth of a chill, child in their case. Life, or, life yeah, happens. Life happens, right. For them to get back, birthdays, yeah. anniversaries. And then COVID happens and he doesn't go home for two summers in a row. Right. I mean, so that's the foreign players suck. have a different set. They've already decided to go a long way away, halfway around the world, and it changes everything. So the changes that happen in their life, whether they go to Salt Lake or L.A., whether they go to Milwaukee or New York, the big hop is they went to the U.S., whereas someone from the U.S. is like, hey, I grew up in the East, I'm comfortable in the East, or I grew up in the West, I'm comfortable in the West. Going to Charlotte or Orlando, that's a long way because I grew up in fill-in-the-blank California or Arizona. And I also think this is my own personal opinion. I don't necessarily and, know that's based on fact. I believe that these guys, they're making a, a tremendous, significant move to go play ball. And, and the, they get settled, finally. Mm-hmm. So they go to some – when Joe first came – I talked to him about this. When he came here, he had here. never been here. He had no idea, no clue whatsoever. When he landed here – Couldn't have found it on a map. No idea. Well, then he gets settled. His wife, he just had a birthday. She just had a birthday the other day. She's on Instagram, and, and Joe's doing his thing with the national team down in Vegas. And she's talking about, you know, we are a world away from our family, but these people now, they're our family. So they don't want to move. The money's going to be there irregardless. So they're not looking to make yeah. another move and start over again to some place that they're unfamiliar with. Whereas some of these guys in the Americans, well, they've they may have been there through college. They have played a tournament game here or yep. some AAU competition, whatever it might be. Or and they've also, got some friends that live that, there. And now you're getting to the important part is that basketball is its own universe. They don't really interact with the rest of us especially since they built these campuses. Guys are literally eating two meals a day. The days of Carl Malone going to the judge to get a salad and people seeing him on game day, now guys eat lunch in the, in the complex. Uh-huh. They, got, they got a chef there. So they're in their own universe yeah, yeah, and all the exactly. relationships, which was on the front burner with Gordon Hayward, but I think it exists a lot. Uh-huh. You know? And so you're going to get recruited. And I just think the message has to be out there. And this is just one. So it's still, it's not enough. It needs to happen again, but it's got to happen the first time before it happens the second and the third. The, the, the narrative in the NBA is you don't win titles in small markets. Reggie Miller, great player, great career, popular guy, and, or, or hated guy, depending, I guess, on the city and the team. But uh, he couldn't win the title in Indiana. John and Carl couldn't win it in Salt Lake. Denver's never been to the finals. Phoenix doesn't have a championship. Milwaukee hasn't won it in 50 years. So if you're in these small markets, you're not going to get it done. you got to go form a super team. Form a super team and go to California or Florida or Texas. Those are the teams that are winning the overwhelming majority of the titles since Jordan. I think you're, that's, gosh, that's, your, that's your better argument. So Giannis the, is just one example. And he's uh, just but one I don't think he is puzzle. an example. Well, and they'll have to build on it because you've still got – well, Miami's built two different championship groups and won three titles. And the Lakers have built, what is this, the fourth or fifth different group that's won a championship over four decades? The Warriors have built a group now and done it. I don't know that the one in the 70s resonates at all to any player movement now, so we can leave that out there. 
Does to Rick Barry. It does to Rick Barry, but even his kids are retired now, so maybe to Rick Barry's grandkids. I don't know. I don't know what kind of, I don't know who they are, what kind of trend they're on here. Well, Locke's buddies with Brent, so we can find out. Okay, we'll do that. <laughs> I saw Brent uh, a couple years ago down at Hermosa and was talking to him and brought up Locke. I have pipsqueak. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> No, he was just teasing. I know he was, but that's uh, properly very dismissive. Yeah. Pipsqueak. <laughs> <laughs> no, he liked him. Uh, I, I get all that. I just don't think Milwaukee fits. See, Toronto is my one thing. But on an international level, Toronto's a huge city. It is. Absolutely. Never been there. Been there. It's a huge city. Yeah, but I know it's about a, it. It's a massive airport, and when yeah. you leave the airport, it's a few miles. It's not very far. It's not Denver airport to downtown. Nobody is. Right. But then they talk about it. So Yeah, but, but you drive, it's like downtown is massive, and it's a multicultural city. People come from all over the world. Leonard didn't stay, but he also didn't balk at going. Well, he knew he was one and done. I mean, he's living out of a suitcase. He wasn't going to balk. It's like I'm moving in a year anyway. If I got to be there, I'll go there and get my money. But yet no these guys, they start whining about leaving before their contracts are right. up when they got one year to go. So it's been done before. So if Toronto can do it, you can do it. And if and if he leaves, he leaves. That's part of the gamble. And Toronto asked every one of their fans, "Was it worth it?" Yes. That was great. Yeah, we all remember them outside in the show. Like well, they I do don't even Milwaukee think, even if you want, time. I don't count Toronto. You do. You, I put more weight on Milwaukee. You put more weight on Toronto. I still think for it to work, you need a Milwaukee, you need a Toronto, you need a couple more before it becomes accepted. You need to do things the right way. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Right. But I still think that behind the you scenes. Need to get lucky. Behind the scenes, there's pressure on every star who isn't in a mega market to go somewhere that's seen as a mega market. Then get a big stud who's a foreigner. <laughs> that, if you can, absolutely. And there's a reason clubs are employing international scouts and more. I think clubs used to have one international scout. But now you have people working in different parts of the world because people realize stars are coming from different parts of the Nowitzki world. Nowitzki stayed the whole time. He did. And they sucked the last few years. That's yeah, true But he still story. stayed. Yep. And he had lots of frustration before he got the title. They were a one seed that lost to an eight, and, and they he, blew leads, and, and they got, underachieved. Foreign guys will stay. Not automatically, but. The stud foreign guy? Who's moved? Let's get, now, now you're going to get me to get on a list. <laughs> Bogdanovich moves. Yeah. But he's, he's not, not a bogey moves. He's not a big time stud. I got to run through the NBA uh, player, obviously. The Gasols were both traded, right? Yes. I mean, one okay. was traded for the other. And the second one has moved around a lot here. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't put Mark at that level. No, I wouldn't either. He's a nice player. Well, that, I prime. guess the thing you have going for you is there haven't been that many foreign players at that level. I mean, when you go to a Nowitzki level, you know, uh, is Siakam going to be that guy? Eh, probably not. Ball in the U.S. Well, some international stars do and some don't. Hardly any of them do. It seems like less. They now realize that they can get from a foreign league to here. Yeah. But that seems like a recent development, too. Not just role players. Everything is a recent development. You're, I know. You're living it is. In, when you're talking about now, no, the game is there's changing. no point worrying about what right. happened 20 the years game, ago. The game is changing quickly. Everything is changing. It's the world. It changes all the time. So the, the, this is just symbiotic. The what? Uh, huh? Yes, it's the, symbiotic. Huh? 
Yeah. See, I can use that word because I know you can't spell it, so I'm okay. Even if I'm Oh, off. I can spell symbiotic. Go ahead. S-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-C. Symbiotic. I'm going to look it up now. I hope you're wrong. <laughs> you don't know. You just said no <laughs> trying to sell it. But the NBA just nailed it. Symbi- Winner. Lightning round. Sy- I'm playing for a car. Symbiotic of the change. Everything. You got to deal with the parameters that are existing now. So that that's this narrative of the Bucks. It, it doesn't matter. Everything is right now. Everything is now, and it's unique to you. The Jazz, what they've got going on right now, is unique unto them and nobody else. See, I don't so think, there's no comparison. I, I, I don't think the NBA changed a lot. Eh, a little. But it didn't change a lot from like 1980 to 2010. Who LeBron gives a forms, crap about then? I'll tell you why. Because LeBron <laughs> forms a super team in Miami and everything changes. Other people are like, hey, maybe we ought to do that, right? And Durant cuts the deal with Golden State. Hmm. Two teams that dominated a decade. That's back then. Where you went back twenty years. Who That's cares? That's still how people are thinking. I just went back to tw- to twenty ten. Is not twenty. Nineteen eighty is actually forty, 40 years. years. Right. So I was so, off by twenty. I know. Terrible. So man. twenty and but twenty equals you forty. Get the point. Boy, doesn't twenty and twenty equal forty? How you build a champion from nineteen. 19- <laughs> From 1980 to 2010, you're right. Is one story. Yeah, see, Lloyd he just said I'm right on the math. 20 plus 20 is 40. That yeah, is correct. see, I got it. For a Raider fan, that was awesome. I know what I'm talking about. You went back 20 and 20, and I'm bugged. Why doesn't that person have the guts to text me, but takes the easy way out and texts you? Why doesn't the foreign player count? I don't think you ever gave Jill your phone number. Irregardless. Former there intern, long you can time get uh, You can get me on social media. I'm available. I'm out there 24-7. Come on. But you don't check your mentions, so it's a waste of time. You've told us many times. Well, then text me and tell me to check my mentions. I'm going to send your phone number to her <laughs> if you're not careful, and I don't think you want that. You'd like to be left alone. Coming up next, BYU versus the Pack. 12, a five-game series. What will it mean for the Cougars rep? What will it mean for the reputation of the Pac-12? That's debatable, so we'll debate it. Next, stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. The countdown is on to college football. PK packing the bags for the Pac-12 Media Day. Yogi Roth, Pac-12 Network analyst, been on our show many times. The most knowledgeable guy about the Pac-12. If the Pac-12 wants more respect this football season, do you agree with analyst Yogi Roth? That the Pac-12 cannot go two and three against BYU. Most definitely not. That's not the primary standard. What is? Secondarily, I agree. But primarily, what the Pac-12 is going to be judged on is not the record versus BYU, or mm-hmm. not the record in the ten Mountain West games. Primarily, it's going to be judged on do they get a team in the playoff, and if. If a team gets in the playoff and runs the table and does what LSU did a couple of years ago, well, then everything else is just details. But Yeah, I disagree. If the Pac-12 doesn't have a team in the playoff, comma, again, 
then the first thing that's going to be trotted out is, what was the Pac-12's record against BYU? What was the Pac-12's record against the Mountain West? And if there are embarrassing numbers there, people are going to look at them and say, see, if you have a losing record against BYU or a losing record against the Mountain West. Now, also, the two Notre Dame games will be trotted out. You've got marquee games with uh, Washington and Oregon going uh, to play Michigan and Ohio State. So those games, uh, so there's multiple things that will be checked, but absolutely, Yogi's right. One thing that will be checked is how does the Pac-12 handle BYU? And if they're 2-3 and three, and people are looking to make the case that the Pac-12 sucks, that will be paraded right to the top of the flagpole. See? BYU will play a significant factor in the reputation of the South Division. They're playing three teams that are generally regarded 1-2-3. That is how they will be picked in the preseason. Yeah. I think it'll be SC, and then you can flip-flop. The other two. Yeah. Right. And then it'll, there'll be a big break, and UCLA will be 4, and Colorado 5, and Arizona 6. So they've got to go 5-0 and against BYU. No, oh, they're not going 5-0 and against BYU. Who's BYU beating? Arizona. Arizona and Washington State seem like the two most likely candidates because the other three of the three you mentioned. They look like harder games. But Arizona and Washington State, come on, BYU can get a game or two there. They can. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no question. And I think they will. They, they, they can get a and game with the other I three, I think you too. believe that, too. You're not going to sit here right now and say, BYU's going to own five against oh, the no, Pac-12. Oh, no, no, no. Not right. at all. Not at all. But, not at all. But, if but I'm looking at anything. it from the Pac-12's perspective, not the BYU perspective right now. I can change and flip and go the BYU perspective. Yeah. But I was looking for the Pac-12 perspective. Okay, but I think even in the Pac-12, if people Four are being and one. totally honest. Four and one. Okay. Yeah, I could say in the Pac-12, maybe they're saying that. But in the Pac-12, they're like, Arizona's a long way away. That dude's got some heavy lifting to do. All right, I can concede that. And and BYU in the opener, they're favored. They should be favored. But the, I mean, the, the yeah. thing about that, it's the opener, and it's one of the talking points right off the bat because there's not a lot of talking points. So if Arizona comes out and gets rolled 45-7, to seven, that's a bad look on the Pac-12. Now, all of us who follow the Pac-12, and Arizona, we understand they've lost like 12 in a row. But I don't know how many people look at that. We're looking at not us. <laughs> we're looking at the way they look at us. Yeah, I just don't think people look at Arizona. Yeah, but I mean, th- conversely, I would say that BYU, as they try to back up the big season, people aren't going to say, oh, they beat Arizona. See, they're great. People can look at it and say, Arizona. But <sighs> that timing of that game, there's not a whole host of big games, obviously not a host of conference big games at that time. So it's a matter of, the, I think I put more emphasis on it because of the timing of the situation. And it's literally might be the first game in which they have fans in that stadium. In Vegas, right? This big, beautiful stadium off the I-15. We've all seen it. And right there, just uh, south of Tropicana and... That might be the first game that people are in that and in, in, in that thing for football. I'd have to double check that. Uh, so my point is, there's going to be a tension on that game, and it still looks bad if a Pac-12 team goes in there and gets hammered. Recognizing that Arizona is not the standard bearer, <laughs> I fully understand right. that. That first weekend, Stanford is at Kansas State, and I, I think that's in uh, Dallas. Double check that. You're right, it is. It is. And LSU plays UCLA at the Rose Bowl. Right. So they're going to they're gonna look That's at it. That's where so, everyone's going to be looking. If UC Los Angeles gets hammered and Arizona gets hammered 
And Stanford should lose. Oh, man, already they're 0-3. That conference sucks. So Arizona is, if it was in November, it wouldn't be near as big of a deal. But because of that, we look at that that time where Arizona doesn't have to win by any stretch. But I'm saying if they get beat by 40, then it looks bad on the Pac-12. But I'll grant you. Arizona can lose that game, and the yeah. Pac-12 can be just the, fine. The Pac-12 has a couple couple games there that are far more interesting. And week two, Oregon goes to Ohio State, and Washington goes to Michigan. Oh, talk about rooting for my enemy. <laughs> Jeez. I'm going to go out of the country that week. Oregon and Ohio State. <laughs> can you guys play a scoreless tie? <laughs> Hey, DJ, give them a nil-nil over there. I hate this. Uh, so, yeah, there, there'll be other stuff. But I think that uh, I'm looking at SC. Primarily SC, SC will and get Utah. Judged. SC will get judged on style points right out of the gate playing San Jose State. Well, they're judged every week. I mean, yep. there's only one coach in the country who's playing for his job every, every single, single week. week. And that's Clay Helton. And they better win by 30 yeah. and look good doing yeah. it. I mean, it's a joke. Right. I don't know why that guy continues to do it. (laughs) Go to like Akron or somebody and coach football. Coaching football is coaching football. Don't put up with all this drama. Yeah, I mean, it's nonstop. Yeah. Every single week, it's one thing or another with that program and that team. But see, he's got a Jersey attitude. How sweet will that be if he wins a conference title? Well, he's done that. And that hasn't and how changed sweet anything. Will it, be? it doesn't change anything. Now, I know, but it's still sweet. Like all oh, you people. Yeah, it's sweet for an hour and a half, up. and then you go on to the. Why what are you going to do next aren't week? Are you in the playoff? Yeah. <laughs> this just enormous pressure on this man because he's yeah. not Pete Carroll and he's not Tom Cruise or some Hollywood sizzle dude. Yep. He's a football coach. I find myself rooting for, for him. him. Yes. Rooting for USC makes you feel dirty, but rooting for him not as dirty as it used to be because I'm not down there anymore. Uh, so I don't have that axe to grind like I, <laughs> like I did when I lived there for a decade. SC, uh, SC fans. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I didn't live there in the 90s. That would have been brutal. Uh, or I mean, after that when Carol had it going on. So with that in mind, uh, I think that BYU, and you more, SC, and Utah, right. huge. Yeah, I think those games carry more weight. Because the thing we've seen is that conferences are judged. By the top of the conference, primarily the champion, and then secondarily the two to four teams right behind him. Well, and you're playing half the South teams, and you're playing the top half of the South. You're playing, you're playing four of the six. You're playing two-thirds. The top half of the Yeah, th- yeah, top half plus Arizona. Yeah. Right. I'm conceding that one. Good. You should. I just, I still the think top if the, half, if the, the Cats top get half matters. smoked, it's yeah. going to look bad. Can you imagine uh, if, if BYU... Uh, sweeps the top three. Now we won't know till the end of the year in SC, and because that game's late. But the other two are early. That would be horrendous for yeah. the conference. Right? It'd be bad. It'd be bad for the conference if BYU takes down Utah and ASU. I think it's awful for the conference if they don't go four and one. Minimum, I can't go any lower than three and two. Totally agree. I just don't know that the Washington State thing is going to carry that much weight. But the fact is, for the Pac-12, everything matters more than it does for the SEC and especially the ACC, (laughs) which is a bunch of cream puffs and obviously Clemson. Just as the Arizona game matters a lot, 
because first impressions do matter. So there is that, right? And, and imagine flip-flop. If Arizona wins, it's like, wow, even Arizona might be decent. Holy cow. Uh, <laughs> but that BYU-Washington State game coming October 23rd, there will be so many storylines defining the Pac-12. Uh, they will have played uh, – USC will have already played Notre Dame at that point. The games at Michigan and Ohio State will be in the books by then. Well, there is no way any team is going to the playoff if they lose to BYU. I don't care if they win the rest of their games. There is no way any that's a, that's a pretty safe team bet. is going to the playoff. Yeah, you, you want to argue that, but that's a pretty safe bet. You lose an only game, you're probably not going undefeated in the league because so few teams do. So now you got two losses and you're done. Well, SC would be after the league. So their league record would be done. Yeah. And I, I will say if – But if you lose a non-conference game, you're probably losing a conference game. It's two losses and you're out. But even if they go 11-1. and 12-1 conference championship. They're not the, going. And the blemish is BYU. They're not going. Unless BYU was 11-1, and one, maybe 10-2. and two. Nothing below that. 9-3, and three, no. It's not happening. A nine and three BYU team at that time of year on Thanksgiving gives weekend. USC the twelve and one, isn't it? Thanksgiving weekend. It is. It is, last, it is. Yeah. And going so down to LA. at that point, that's so BYU the height goes down there of college three. football. BYU goes. Oh yeah, it's a huge weekend for college football. It's a really, really fun weekend for college football. BYU goes down there eight and three. USC's eleven and zero. <laughs> BYU beats them. <laughs> And then USC wins the college title game to go to twelve and one and gets left out. I think that's they would. not outrageous. That is not an outrageous take. That we've seen a one-loss Pac-12 team get squeezed. The Cougars hold our fate in their hands. <laughs> You're speaking as a commerce commissioner now? Assistant commissioner, Pat Kennahan. There's very few people who've the been Eastern involved Division. in this conference longer than I have. Including the new commissioner. And Yogi Roth. And, and who knows way more about it than I do. But including the commissioner, yes. <laughs> These guys are hired hands. I'm not a hired hand. I've never received time for my love of the Pac-10 slash 12. Assistant. Well, I have, but that's that came after the fact. Okay. Assistant commissioner of the Mountain Time Zone, Patrick Kinahan. Yeah, this is my conference. I make no bones about it. Well, that's an extreme example you've just drawn up, but I, I, I wouldn't rule it out. Them people hold our fate, which is sort of ironic because under no circumstances are we letting the Mormons in. But yet the Mormons hold our fate. We'll play five times. Yeah, oh yeah, I got no problem with that. But expansion, <laughs> hold your breath. It's so hypocritical, just hold man. Your it just drives me nuts. We wouldn't even consider you in the remote possibility, but yet we got no problem patting our attendance figures with series against you guys. <laughs> Who are you? You want to come down and bring 10,000 fans? A day's good that's for not the most hypocritical. Oh, that's not the most hypocritical. It, oh, College it football is awash in hypocrisy. Come on. Not to this level. Oh, please. No. No. They flat out say, no, we're against what you stand for, but because there's a whole lot of you people who stand for that and come to our games, we'll schedule you. Get out of town. Come on. Come on. We Let me it. repeat it profoundly. We got it. Come on. Uh, there, there have been stories about doctors and assistant coaches abusing kids. I mean, That's oh. against the law. Right. Come on.
And people That's knew, real life. I'm talking about this. And hushed don't, it don't, up. Don't, don't bring in that nonsense. It's not nonsense. All it's right. horrific. It's horrific nonsense. So it's not the most hypocritical thing in college sports. That's, but that's real life. I'm not talking about real life, man. We're trying to so ease just get the to burden of people driving everything. to work. Okay, how about the hypocrisy? Sexual of- assault is way worse than, yeah, no bleep. The hypocrisy of coaches <laughs> uh, being in schools one year, telling everybody they're all in and then leaving. They were in for all that year. (laughs) (laughs) And then Michigan State came calling. I'm out. Funny talks. It does. That's that's breaking news here. And the essence of not letting BYU in but scheduling you is money. money. Yeah. So the hypocrisy is at least equal. The coaches telling kids to be in and then leaving before the bowl game. Let's have a celebration yeah, of the kids. They got, deserve but, this, but, but I'm out. But now we got players leaving before the bowl, bowl game. Well, finally. So we've we've leveled the, the hypocrisy field there. <laughs> if everybody's hypocritical, no one is. Everybody knows the score. There's something to be said for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think there is something to be said Instead for that. Bowl games, in some cases, become okay, a maybe not hypocritical. Biggest joke. It's a joke. It is a joke, isn't it? We joke. Won't, we won't let you in, but we'll schedule you no problem as much as we can. It's a joke. If you really stood for something, stand for something. See me, I stand for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I've often said I'm not hypocritical. I'm two-faced. <laughs> I stand for nothing. I'm laying on the floor as I do this show. It's just that BYU can go a long way towards experiencing success for the Pac-12. These teams are going to have to beat BYU. The Pac-12 has no margin for error. It's got a bad rep. People are looking to beat up on it. So you got to cross all the T's and dot all the I's. I think the main course in this meal is who can get in the playoff. If you can get in the playoff and then win and get to the final, that would be seen as a big step forward. And at that point, Nobody cares what the Pac-12 did against Notre Dame or against BYU or against the Mountain West. Yeah, but you're not going to get in if you don't beat BYU. Well, you that's can get the... in and lose to Notre Dame. You can get in and well, lose I, to LSU. Oregon doesn't even play BYU. So Oregon, who I really think is the team most people think is most likely to go to the oh, playoff. I, I disagree on that. What? You think USC is? I, I don't even know that Oregon's going to be picked first. Okay, so Washington then. Yeah. All right. So if Washington goes undefeated and gets in the playoff. Washington doesn't play BYU. No, they don't, but they got comparative scores. If you lose to SC and SC lost to BYU, this is the Pac-12. They're looking for ways not to include. 100% on that. 100%. You've got the bad rep. They've torn you down. They're looking to tear you down again. I mean, people like to throw around the phrase power four to take a shot at the Pac-12. And that hurts me. I believe it does. I believe I seriously see me at night. I said, well, no, I really shouldn't. Uh, Right, because you have no concern about my well-being. uh, That's not true. I'd just be horrified by what I saw. Curled up with a teddy bear. Fetal position, the Pac-12, getting beat up. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I agree agree with that, that the how you handle BYU, how you handle Notre Dame, how you handle Mountain West – what you do in these two big road games in Big Ten stadiums, these things all matter a lot. And the thing is, if they go 5-0 and against BYU, the people looking to tear down are going to move on to the next thing. Hey, did they go 6-4 and four against the Mountain West? Sure. Did Hawaii get a couple of wins? But if you lose to BYU, you're out. BYU can win the South this year. Because if they go 4-0, then clearly they would have beaten the others. 
as it looks now, I'd have to agree with that. Yes, the yeah. others are Colorado and UCLA. So and they're BYU be this year could win the Pac-12 South. Has an Line opportunity up, fans. to claim South Division and now, champions. And now let's pause for a note from our Ute listeners. Ten is coming. Sure, if 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 they don't believe that will happen. Ten is coming. Yeah. With a question mark at running back, receiver, all those young oh, DBs you fans, you fans that Washington care. State you, tore you. up in the first half, that Washington tore apart in the second half. You fans, those are details. I don't want to hear about that. They're and gonna, we got to go. Don't they have question marks at wide receiver? Question marks at wide receiver every That's year. That's why they haven't won the Pac-12 title yet. And we, speaking from the Cougar fandom, don't have question marks. We got your best guys in the Pac-12 who want to come play for us. Puka Nakua, because Samson Nakua. They want higher level of football. <laughs> and they want to be close to Grandma. Talk about a win-win. Let's play two. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Give him some attitude. Come on. I don't feel like it today. Ways, oh, you don't? Know? I don't feel like giving attitude today. No. <laughs> you already have. You're spent. No, I haven't. That's you want attitude? I'll give you attitude. There it is. That's the PK I know and love. I was out playing Wasatch the other day. We got hooked up with another couple, and I was on 16, and I had a putt above the hill, and I hit it. It was for par coming out of the sand. My wife says, "Oh, slow down." The thing went in the hole. I said to her, "It didn't need no stinking slow down." The other guy bust out laughing. <laughs> What are you talking about? Slow down. I had the perfect speed. It went in the hole. <laughs> and like he's the putt just I, laughing. Like the putt I hit at Bonneville, about 50 miles an hour, but it hit the pin and went in? I wasn't quite as fast. Okay. That you, one was You hit. needed to hit it. I was. <laughs> I didn't back, need to hit on it. On the back of the green. She I, ticked me off. Hit the pin. <laughs> slow down. How about you shut up? I know what I'm doing here. Oh, you never. Why don't you worry about he's, your own ball? Yeah, so exactly. Bold. Thank you. <laughs> Lloyd. Lloyd, jumps in. Lloyd showing up mid-show to jump in and contribute. Yeah, Thank you, Lloyd. That's what I'm You're talking man, about. Lloyd. Way to go. Exactly. I don't know why those other guys tear you down. You're the man, You're Lloyd. You worry about your own golf ball. I got this covered, sister. And this, by the way, is not even remotely how he talks to his wife on the golf course. I did I then. I played multiple times with both of you. I did then. Yous would have been proud of me. By the way, Mrs. K is solid. My mother in purgatory was there. Yeah, right on, son. <laughs> I know you people don't believe in purgatory, but we do. She's a MIP. She's a mom in purgatory. <laughs> Be careful on that, buddy. <laughs> I was. <laughs> Jeez. Ma's just got a pack of Marlboros and hanging out in purgatory for a while. She gave up smoking when she had the heart issues. Is there smoking in heaven, do you guys know? Or pur- I sure hope so. How about purgatory? <laughs> I sure hope so. Never heard that answer before. Cigars? Didn't know we were going there this morning. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just thought it came into my mind. Comes into my mind, I think, should I say it? I do. If not, I don't. So the bottom line is that everything, everything is in play for the Pac-12. If they slip up in any facet of this non-conference schedule, they will pay for it. And I suppose in conference, if there's round robin, you know, team A beats team B and team B beats team C and well, team C beats BYU team A. With BYU playing five times, there is. Yeah. That will happen. 
That's not BYU, Tom Homo, do this every year if you can. As many Pac-12, particularly South, even better. We want I think stuff this to is talk a, about. I think this is a peak year for scheduling. Uh, it, I don't, I, I I don't think it. there's anything set up like this out there. Well, when they join the conference, then we'll be okay. That's not happening. Right, because they're hypocrites. Exactly. Except, yeah, bingo. I, I know. know what you're... And it bugs me. It's a joke. There you go. Okay. Pac-12, unfair labor practices. <laughs> I'm going to have a sign up at the U this afternoon. Shame. <laughs> Shame on the Pac-12. Maybe this new commissioner is open, not the other guy. <laughs> no, we they can't play BYU. We're grandfathering, only Notre Dame. Hey, wait a second here. It's a long list of schools <laughs> in the West that would volunteer to join the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 is having none of them, and it's not even a close call. We can sit here and argue about BYU to the Big 12 being a close call, but I just don't feel like any of these schools, BYU, Boise State, CSU, Hawaii, Fresno State, San Diego State, UNLV, no. It's a long line. But no. Not happening. Well, we'll see. You don't know, man. If uh, SC leaves. SC to Independence to Arizona's shake everything up. go to the Big 12 and they actually get 12. Now you got a nine-team league. It's getting Unless close. SC takes UCLA and goes it's independent. It's getting close to closing time, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on. Uh, Boise and BYU, we've been rethinking it. We're at eight, and ten's really a better number. <laughs> Things change when it gets close to closing time. Wait a minute. we got to be in Southern California. San Diego and Fresno, come here. I'm just saying. Come here. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Giannis stays in the small market with his guys and wins a championship. We will get to game six of the NBA Finals coming up next. Stay with us.